This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Like, I would go outside and even playing football. I would play football by myself. And I remember people were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, NFL or NBA, I don't care what you say. You know, I just, I was focused like that. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up? What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast, the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you want to listen. You can also find every episode on our Orange Zone YouTube page. New episodes released every Wednesday. We invite you to like, comment, subscribe. Also, be sure to check out our all-new Instagram and TikTok page for even more Orange Zone content. And please keep commenting. We're loving the interaction we're getting. And today is all about hoops. We have the man, the myth, the legend back in the building. It's Lawrence Poetry and Moten, former NBA player. SU's all-time leading scorer, Big East legend. They were just talking about it on the broadcast in the SU-Georgetown game. He's back. We have Samantha Crossan, and we have Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. We're getting into SU men's hoops today. We're going to start with the men since we have poetry here. Then we're going to get into the women that are 8-1. They should be ranked. I'll go on a rant here in a little mm-hmm. bit, but open it up to you guys. How you guys feeling and how you feeling about this SU team that is now 7-3 poetry? I'm feeling very good about this 7-3 SU team. You know, they're growing each game. You know, everybody's trying to figure out their role. Uh, Adrian, what makes me very happy is he's doing it his way. Mm. And that's very important. You know, he's coaching it his way. Um, we're deeper than we have been in some years. We can play about 10 guys, which makes everything a little bit more easier. It gives everybody chances to um, do what they have to do to help this team be successful. So um, I'm very happy with what's going on right now. I would have loved one of those games in Maui, though, at least one I feel you. of the ranked games. But, um, hey, we're doing well. You mentioned doing, th- doing things his way. Mm-hmm. How is he different from Jim in your mind? Um, well, of course, different personalities. Right. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with that. You know who who who, who I actually played with. So mm-hmm. uh, I know Adrian's a fiery guy. He um he wears his heart on his sleeve. You know um, he's very motivated. He's very energetic, and he's going to call it how he sees it. And um, that's what you want in a coach. And you know, like I said earlier in uh, in the year before he even got the job, and when he did get the job. One of the things we have to do as fans and always understand, just we have to give him time. You know, don't don't start the blame game on why he did this or why he did that. Give the man time to grow as a coach like we did Coach Behan. How about you, Sam? How you feeling yeah, around you this know team? What? I would say I agree with that because I do think that sometimes people have really high expectations the first year of a head coach, which is interesting being at Syracuse, seeing how many new coaches we have recently had across mm-hmm. all of the major sports. Yes. But I do think, again, you do have to have a little bit of a transition period. It's funny. You mentioned Adrian Autry as a fiery guy, and I've noticed that now being on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Like You can see that he'll get fired up. But at the same time, he's also just a very pleasant fellow, I have mm-hmm. to say. He's just—he's a nice guy, you know. Um, I thought that the Georgetown win was 
great for the fan base, great mm, for the yes, community. Absolutely. You know, that, that kind of rivalry feeling, just to see them pull away like that. You could hear the Orange fans in the crowd. Those are the kinds of things that get me excited about the future. But again, my eyes are still looking forward on ACC play because we know that that's kind of the make or break. Big time. And you got a little something on your tooth right here. I'm just going to cut that out. Other tooth? Probably the lipstick. This one right there. Okay. Give it a little scratch low. Uh -huh. Go low. All right, perfect. You're really? golden. Yeah, yeah. Money. You're such a good friend. Yes, I got you. Right. I got you. Yes, See, I've had. Uh, I mean, we'll 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 trim this down. <laughs> but I was once. I did a whole sports cast once. Sam knows about this. And my jacket lapels were like all up. Like I was throwing on my coat told last minute, and no one told me. And I, it's and not right. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I will never ever allow that to happen. Tommy is uh, also the guy who pointed something. out a zit on his neck at the start of one of these episodes. True. And went it was off a huge zit. <laughs> it was a huge. It zit. needed to be addressed head on. Yeah. This exactly. is a teammate, guys. Yeah. Like this is a good lesson right here. I feel like about Absolutely. sportsmanship. And, Absolutely. And You're being right a good one. teammate. So thanks for that. And Gotta not only really that, good. you have to look good to play good. Exactly. Look good, feel good, play good. That's you know that you know that feel. You know that feel. Absolutely. Let's keep it. We should keep it. <laughs> but let's bring it back in. Looking ahead to these next few games before ACC starts, and they're playing Oregon out in South Dakota on Sunday, and then they have Niagara on the 21st, and I believe Brandon ACC play starts on the 30th. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I, Is I that who's in town? I, I believe so. I will yeah. confirm that as you all discuss. Right. But first, um, the Oregon game. Oregon, similar to Syracuse right now, you know, lost to a very or a good Alabama team, had a – Eh, lost to Santa Clara, and they're six and two overall right now. Um, so this this is anyone's game to me, and I think it's an important game for both teams. They last played 2018, as you lost that one at MSG, um, but they're playing in South Dakota. I don't I don't have a great reason for it, other than they just maybe agreed on a neutral site and wanted to meet in the middle of the country. Did you ever have a game like that? I, I, it's funny unique. you said that, Tommy, because I actually thought the game was in Oregon. I did not know it was in South Dakota. Yeah. Um, I don't recall um, playing a neutral game like that. I, wow. I was thinking about actually going to Oregon <laughs> because I wanted to go to Nike Town again. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go to Nike Town with, with the guys. but uh, Changing plans. Yeah. That would have been, uh, be a, change that been a, a humbling Bowden experience. <laughs> South Dakota. A humbling oh, experience no. getting the getting the what Eugene well. <laughs> <laughs> being like where's where's my guys yeah. why is no one in orange right now yeah. but yeah so they'll be in Sioux Falls which is interesting I mean I been I there know. been there yeah. been there very cold mm -hmm. uh, um, very dreary you know all you have to think about is basketball right so it's nothing else that should distract you and, and uh, I would take it as a, a slight advantage that we're not playing at Oregon. I would say you know, so, too. So, uh, you know, I'll give us that advantage on just having a neutral site and just giving it our all and, and trying to do the, what we can to get the win. Big time. And looking at this Georgetown game that just was played this past weekend, we're recording this on, on Tuesday. That was, that was a big one. Yes. It really was. It was a hard-fought win, and it was a game that they won late and a game that they had to win even if it meant Judah Mintz was on the bench for a bit. And that's what I was starting to lack 
and seeing here early in the season was when he went off, it felt like there was a major change in the game. And it was those guys coming in and filling those big roles when people were in foul trouble or whatnot that stepped up huge. Obviously, J.J. Starling had a, had a big game, maybe his best of the year. Men still did his thing. But it was Quadir Copeland and Monir Hima that came in and really made this a story. Copeland career high 14 points, including one of the more ferocious tip slams I've seen in a long time. That Monier. slam yeah. that stuck out. Can to we you. talk about yeah. that slam? That was nice. It was I nice. loved that slam, and yeah. and I feel like we have been talking about him for weeks and weeks. Quadir Copeland, especially mm-hmm. what he's able to do. And I I did want to ask you that, Moten. Like yeah. as a as a player coming off the bench, I feel mm-hmm. like he's making a pretty big impact compared to most bench players. Oh, it's no question. He he's an impact um for our team Syracuse uh he's very energetic also he's kind of reminds me of Adrian Archery I get a chance to go to the practices and he's the most vocal out of all the guys on the team you know he gives you know people positive motivation and also negative motivation he's just a fiery type of guy which which every team needs you know every every team needs a type of player who's gonna come in and and, and be a Swiss Army knife like Tommy said, and and do what it takes to help this team be successful. I just wish we had a big like that also. Mm-hmm. He's more of a slashing two-three man. He's not a center or forward. Uh, I'm looking for that 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 bruiser and the big guy who who, who just protects our the realm. Not saying McLeod hasn't been playing well. You know he's been playing okay, but I'm I'm just talking about the guy that does all the dirty work, who doesn't mind taking fouls. What is McLeod like at practice? Uh, almost all the other guys are kind of quiet and reserved, you know. But definitely Quadir is the guy that's talking all the trash and <laughs> and bringing out the best in all of them, along with Adrian. All right. <laughs> what do you see in the longevity of, you know, we, we've gotten very used to McLeod coming in mm-hmm. and, you know, then he takes a seat for a while mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's Malik Brown at the five. Yes. Do you see longevity in that? Do you see them maybe just running into some issues when they're playing bigger teams in the ACC? Well, we definitely, you know, um, right now they're all trying to figure each other out, figure out their roles. Right. So it's good that um, we have different players that we can put in when other guys aren't doing their job. Mm-hmm. I like Malik, mm-hmm. very, very good player, you know, very quick with his hands and, and, and pretty smart, you know. Um, so it's about doing what you can do to help the team be successful and knowing your role. And once these guys, you know, play more and more, they'll start to figure it out. It's, it's starting to come together. But at the end of the day, you know, um, my main thing is you have to hit shots to win games, you know, no matter what. You have to make shots, you know. Even sometimes the defense is going to be bad, but if you're making shots, everything that solves all the problems. And holding those leads. I mean, we saw multiple yes. times in the Cornell game, and granted, the Big Red, that's their styles, are literally going to try to run you out of the gym until mm-hmm. you're tired. But they did mm-hmm. come back twice, I believe, down 13 points to really make that a game. Syracuse got it done late. So that, that to me, is something I'm really wanting to watch. I think we'll get a good example of that more so in the Niagara game, going up big and holding that. Absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, one of the games I, I, I thought was very, very important, and I think, almost saved our season was coming back from Colgate. Oh, I yeah. knew you were going to say that. Oh, I knew yeah. you were headed in that direction Absolutely. just now. I know it's been a few weeks, but we need to address that. <laughs> I think we could talk about that monthly because that was 
That was unbelievable. Yes. Um, but at the same time, it, it was believable because they gave you every reason to show that they were able to do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know if we could say the same for just the the, the formula of these past few teams mm -hmm. to pull that off. I think the, they had a big one against Notre Dame 2020 or 2021. But other than that, this was something different. I mean, there is pretty much nobody who was thinking that they were going to win that game mm -hmm. when when the deficit was so large. Like, I was shooting that game. I'm in there just kind of... 54 to 30. Just looking around, like, it is not looking good. Yeah. And and the crazy thing is, by the end, the fans are literally leaving early because yes. that's how much they had solidified that they won that game. Yep. And it is, it's interesting to hear you say that it saved the season because, to me, the reason that that was a statement game is because with a new coach, mm -hmm. it showed how much this team believes. Absolutely. They never gave up. Absolutely. There was no quit. Absolutely. Like, that, was a, that is an emotional battle that you need to be fighting when you are 24 points down and he talked so much that game about his four minute drill four minute mm -hmm, drill I'm mm -hmm. sure that's something they pre they yes. practice which you said you get to see absolutely but that is the kind of mentality that you need and that showed a lot of grit a lot of heart it really did and, and one of the things I can say is you always have that that you can use in any game Guys, we can always come back. We've been down 24, and we actually came back to win. So we've that's, done it before. We've done it before. So it's not like it's foreign, like they've never done it. So use it. Let's do it. And Hodges, I'm going to bring you in. You put some good stats down here. What's been the story from the numbers for you so far this season? Had to turn my mic on there real quick. I, almost, I keep forgetting to do that. Um, you're, just, we're, you're just so captivated by – our discussion. I well, get it. And poetry's voice is so like Jim Nancy Velvety <laughs> that like, you get kind of like. Thank you. I didn't you, know that. You get kind of. It's funny. Tommy mentioned you got a shout out. We were talking about that on Monday. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know who the analyst was in that game, Tommy. Yeah. If it was, um, uh, what's his name? We just said it. Uh, Donnie Marshall. Donnie Marshall, he yeah. He played at Connecticut when I was playing at Syracuse. Yeah, and he and when was he a trash said, talker. I'm sitting there on Saturday watching the SU Georgetown game on. TV at home and watching a, another game that we'll talk about a little bit later in this podcast on my phone and I hear him say Lawrence Moten and we were trash talking and now everybody just gets a technical for it <laughs> and, and I couldn't help but laugh um, numbers wise Tommy our, our lovely friend Samantha Croston I was on a call with her earlier this Tuesday she had several players that she was interested in learning more about. Um, the two big ones obviously Judah Mins, JJ Starling that yep. star backcourt we were all so excited about uh, I think Sam would want to read those numbers because I did provide them for her. So why don't you why don't you give them to him, Sam? And I appreciated you doing that. It was something that stuck out to me because I do feel like slowly but surely they're coming into their own. That was sort of one of the big pieces of the Syracuse offense from the beginning of the season. So combined, the pair are averaging around 32 of Syracuse's 77 points per game. One spot for improvement, assist to turnover ratio. Mm. 67 to 46 or around 4 to 3. But they've also been very active defensively. They're nabbing around 30 combined steals. Um, you know, listen, I, I think that that matters. The, their chemistry matters. And I, I didn't even know, Moten, that you get to go to practice. I don't know why I'm kind of hung up on that, but yeah. it's because I'm curious, you know, what, what is their relationship like behind the scenes? Because it seems like they've been gelling so well ever since the start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Judah and JJ, you know, are, are close. You know, I can honestly say all the guys get along very well, but our two starting guards are, are, are very close. Uh, they talk to each other during certain instances in practice and everything. But uh, And let's not rule out Justin and Bell, mm -hmm. you know. So we, we have a nice core of guards, you know, even Cup. I like him when he plays, you know, and he does 
things in practice that helps the team be successful. So, you know, but our but our two-headed dragon that we have uh, with Judah and JJ, very strong, big guards, who uh, when they're on, they're on. You know, and and hopefully now, with JJ starting to knock down the three-pointer, because that was his issue early. Now that he's starting to knock it down, I think that's going to open up so much more for the guys. I think that Georgetown game provided him a lot of confidence because you yes. you mentioned when they're on, they're on. Yes. But when they're off, they're it off. seems like they're both off. Yes. And and you know you look at the the points per game, it's a thirty two combined. But you know Judah's twenty of that. Mm-hmm. JJ's twelve, and I think the expectation is for that to be higher because Chris Bell is actually averaging more than him right now. Right. And he's really, I think, I think he's a very confident shooter right yes. now. Um, I mean, his release is, is so quick. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a split second, but you know, it's, it's, you know, I was, I was looking at, at JJ's numbers and, you know, he had 21, but then he had a game with five and then 18 and then three. Mm-hmm. And so, I want to see double digits every game. I want to see that consistency because then when he has that consistency, it gives that defense just, oh man, yeah. Number two is hot right now. Yeah, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to make some moves to go cover him. And uh, I think JJ's two. Do I have that? Judas three. Yeah, 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 JJ's two. JJ's two. Okay. And I just I think that opens up more doors for everyone on the team. Um, One of the people a little bit struggling right now with the threes is Justin Taylor. Mm -hmm. You know he's shooting thirty percent, but I think for the for the shots he has taken, you you want him to be making more of those and becoming more of a perimeter threat because that was one of the things he said he's been working on is if he's able to really get those knocked down, defenders are cheating out and he's able to attack the rim, which is something that his coaches have been wanting to work on him with. Absolutely, and and him. Um, Justin and Bell are also good drivers, but they don't use it enough. If they just understand situations and know that they don't have to rely on that three-point mm-hmm. ball all the time. Sometimes you can penetrate and get to the line. Like I just think of myself as when you know I didn't hit the first two, I was going to bully ball you, and I was going to get to that line, get myself loose, get a foul, you know, penetrate a little mid-range game. The mid-range game has definitely been a lost art in basketball in the past couple of years. NBA, college, all the high school. It's just, you know, penetrating kick. And and what I can't stand, I cannot stand when a guy drives all the way to the basket for the layup and he kicks it out for a three. Make the two. Take the layup. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a numbers game. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. An auto me, two. You know? yeah. An auto two for a chance, more chance, higher chance three. It's an it. It is. It's an. It's interesting seeing how that game's developed because there's times where you know if they're able to draw two defenders and it's like okay, yeah, I'm probably gonna get fouled, but I don't know if I'm gonna make the basket. Kick it. But there's. I swear there's been times where the paint is empty, <laughs> and they're like all the way right. right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that changes. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. else? Anything else sticks out to you about this men's team? Um, I have to just say that we touched on it a little bit, but like one of the players who I just felt like ever since the beginning of the season and even still now who I've really been appreciating so much is Justin Taylor. And the reason why also is because he – I don't think in the beginning of the season is someone who everybody thought would have quite as large of a role as he does now. It was sort of, I feel like, him and Benny Williams kind of fighting for that spot. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily an easy situation mentally to be in. You sort of know that somebody is behind you. And then once Benny Williams was kind of back in and he was in the rotation, I felt like Justin Taylor proved 
that he deserved to be out there. Like he earned that spot, yes, game in did. and game out, and now he has it. And now that's someone who people actually do want to see out there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's had to been a gritty role. You yes, know, as we mentioned, yes, he's he's yes, leading the yes. team in rebounding yes. right now, which, you know, he's he's a bigger dude, but not exactly the guy that you you know. You that's, would think that's, because he's a shooter. Right. Because we he's just a shooter. expect him to be a shooter. Exactly. And he's done. He's doing all the other things. He's like doing Sam what he can to, to fill those roles, and Absolutely. he's played a role. But let's talk about Benny for a second, mm -hmm. because that's been one of the stories of the season, and it's been back and forth. He was suspended for a few games. He comes back. He plays. He doesn't play. He plays. He doesn't play. He plays to where, you know, the narrative with with Autry, which has been you know very much in house. That's clearly been his in been his mo with that mm -hmm. is most recently in the game that he didn't play which i believe was cornell he said i put the guys out there that i thought gave us the best chance to win and that to me just feels like there's this off and on confidence yeah. with him yeah. and um i i i think his presence is missed when he's not out there yeah there's a disconnect we all see it you know um but at the end of the day um all you have to do is when you get out there, play well. You play well, you'll play. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. If you don't, you won't. You know, it, it doesn't take rocket science for this. You know, and, and the reality is, you know, um, you know, I, I'm a student of the game. And when I watch Benny, you know, it's just right now it's just a little off. When, when he should drive, he shoots threes. When he shoots threes, he should drive. Mm -hmm. it, it's just it's just not there and and hopefully it changes but at the end of the day I, when you're six nine two twenty uh, me as a coach I'm going to give you a chance you, you you're going to play and and I'm going to let you dictate how much you play and that's what he's doing mm -hmm. and, and the, be, the reality is he's not playing well enough to play as long as he should and, and Adrian's not going to sugarcoat anything and he's going to keep it real with the guys, and that's important also. So uh, I hope the best for him, man. I hope he just, just hangs in there. Uh, mentally now with the youth, it's, it's kind of tough because, you know, you got social media and everybody's telling why you're not playing. You got your friends calling you, what's going on, you know. So he has to deal with a lot. So um, hopefully he can uh, stay mentally strong. That's very important that you be mentally strong. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How did you stay mentally strong? I mean, it, from, what I from what I know, I don't think you had too many bad stretches at SU. No, but, no, but, not at all. But after, a, say you had a bad game or just something where you weren't up to your normal numbers yeah. and maybe there's an article out there that you didn't have a great yeah. game. Um, or at any time in your career, how did you lock in to, to correct or yeah. to, to bounce back? Well, um, Tommy, it's one thing, man, that I was always taught, and it's called self-motivation. See, I knew how to motivate myself. I didn't need anybody to try to, to push me. 
I didn't need, I didn't need anybody to tell me you're not working hard because I knew I was giving it my all myself. Where does know? that where did that come from? Um just loving the game, watching the game, you know, studying your favorite players and taking some of the little things that they do, but it's still you have to get out there yourself, you know, I uh, just you got me backtracking, you know, I used to go outside by myself and play the game within the game in my head. Mhm. If I made a shot, it was a point for me. If I missed, there was a point for the ghost, you know. And, you know, I try to train my brain to always want to make shots, knowing that realistically you're not. But if you train your brain to always want to make it, you're going to make it a high percentage of the time because you've actually, you know, trained it. So I did a lot of that, you know. Um, yeah, I was big on, on motivating myself and pushing myself to be the best that I can be. It was no doubt in my mind that at the – when I was in middle school, I was even going to play in the NBA or the NFL. There was no doubt in my mind because I, I wanted it so much and nobody couldn't tell me because I put in the work. So self-motivation is important. I love really that. feel like that is intrinsic. I love that you go. That's a point for the ghost. That yeah. is so cool. Oh, yeah, Does your definitely. ghost? Did your ghost have a name? Oh, sometimes Mike. Yeah. Sometimes Magic. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Whoever I wanted to be at the time. You got me back. I mean, like shooting in the rain. Like I would go outside and even playing football. I would play football by myself. And I remember people were like, "What are you doing? You're crazy." And I'm like, "NFL or NBA? I don't care what you say." You know. I just I was focused like that and. And a lot of times it came to reality, you know. Um, I was telling the kids a story today in, in class of how, you know, my mother would wash my uniform. I had two beds in my room, and my mother would wash my uniform. So every the night before every game, I would put my uniform nice and neat on the bed that I didn't sleep in, and I would get in another bed and close my eyes and see myself doing great things. And the majority of the time it came true like deja vu it was crazy you know like touchdowns or just making a shot i remember being at the free throw like damn i was just thinking about this and it's here for real in the dome you know so you got to see it if you want it you got to see it happening you know and, and you know I, I trained my brain to do that any kids listening to that to this right now soak that in <laughs> save this video because what separates the goods from the greats is that right there. Absolutely. And that, and that can apply to anything in life. Any Absolutely. adults listening. Absolutely. Going for a new job, trying Absolutely. to switch something up. Absolutely. Take that to heart. That's funny Because that, that, that just hit me to the core, man. Absolutely, Tommy. And, and I tell people the same way. I'm a, you know, I'm a mentor now. I'm a teacher. The same way that I was an All-American and, and professional basketball player, I, I go in the same way in teaching. I'm All-American in teaching. And mentoring, I'm that same way. I'm all star, so you know that's how I think. You know. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. Older or younger? I'm in the middle. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. I just wanted to know. I'm just yeah. curious about the family structure. I'm in the yeah. I feel yeah. like when you have younger brothers or sisters, that also could be a motivation. And three young sisters. Yeah. All yeah. athletes? No. 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 <laughs> One. One. Two. Me and me and my uh, older brother. He was an athlete. Yeah, but my sisters were pretty girls. Did he did he motivate you? Like, did you always want to beat him? Yep, I sure did. Him and my <laughs> uncles, you know, they used to kick my ass. Yeah, but it was it was it was good. I needed it, and that's another thing that the youth don't do now. I think about it. they don't play against older guys. Mm. You know, they all come together. Let's 
they text each other let's meet up in the gym mm -hmm. instead of just going to play with older guys and, and that's how i learned playing against older guys they don't want to do that now mm -hmm. veteran experience yes get out to the courts yeah get out to the courts hit the playground yeah all right so oregon on sunday it's a one o'clock start um they could win this game i think they i think they i think they have a i I'd be really happy if they won this game. Me too. We were talking about it before the show. Yes. This is the type of year where the most wins they can get before the conference really kicks off is going yes. to benefit them, and it could be the difference maker. We could look back at this Georgetown game. We could look back at this Oregon game yep. and say that was the decider right there. Absolutely. I there agree 100%. And I thought we were going to see Quincy, but I heard he's in Illinois now. Yeah, he's it's switching like, it up, it man. Is, <laughs> this portal is terrible, man. That man's <laughs> still in college? Yes, Wasn't he here in like 20 years? Oh, he's <laughs> the Van Wilder, man. He's, he, he's, is he the new Perry Ellis? He is the new Perry Ellis. He's been around for a hot minute, man. It's uh, it's great to see. But you know who else has been around for a minute? And honestly, I think she's she's all American caliber. It's Deja Fair, this SU women's team. Mm. Perfect segue. And let's get into them before we get into some trivia. Because right off the bat, I'll give you guys this. This team is 8-1. and one. Last week, they were 7-1. and one. The only thing that's happened in this week, Sam, is a 20-point win over Ohio. Last week, the Orange had two votes in the AP Top 25. This week, they had zero. How does that happen? I'll talk, I'll, if the voters are listening, let me know, because that doesn't make sense to me. I saw that stat, too, and it rubbed me the wrong way. I, I think, at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top. They will figure out a way to get into that top 25 if they continue to prove that they deserve it. But it, it did bring a couple things into question for me as to how that could ever happen. The point remains, for the time being, whether or not they're ranked in the AP top 25, this is a good team. And they don't have to be ranked in the top 25 for you to know that and see that. 8-1 and one is a really hot start, good record. This is a no-joke team. Absolutely. And again, last year we talk about giving people time and letting new coaches have a little bit of time to breathe. But Felicia Leggett-Jack in her first year was already in the WNIT, and it would not shock me to see that in her second year she is in the NCAA tournament. This was a quick turnaround. I completely yeah. agree. And yeah. I don't think any of us were really too surprised by that. No. Not at all. I, not because at all. it feels like the people that are staying with her – are people that are her type of players yes. in their in their ride or die. They're with the formula. They're with the game plan. And the thing about this team this year that's been really interesting is obviously Fair came over from Buffalo with Felicia last year, and that was the you know the big face of the year. But this year, you know, Fair's still doing her thing, kind of like the mints of the women's team, right? But it's it's a it seems like it's a different player having their true breakout game. Every mm -hmm. every time they play, it was Saniya Wilson had a career high this past one. The week before that, it was Alyssa Latham, who's a dog, by the way, freshman. Mm -hmm. Sophie Burrows, dog, and then Georgia Woolley that Brendan has right down here. Um, you know, and another Australian. We 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 keep it in the mix. Mm -hmm. We like the Australians mm -hmm. on the SU women's team. It's mm -hmm. just it's a breathing it's a breeding ground, and Georgia Woolley is a type of player that. She's just consistent, and, and that's the consistency that we're talking about with the men's team that it seems like they've already applied, and it's a big reason why they're 8-1 and one. and could be 9-0 and oh if it wasn't for a two-point loss to Maryland. So keep that in mind, voters. Mm -hmm. Keep this team in your mix. They have Cornell on Monday. Um, anything else that stuck out to you, Sam? I mean, Wooly is someone who, when even Brennan and I were talking on the phone earlier, I said, this is somebody who you need to – 
include in the conversation and someone who we need to be talking about. Scored four points versus Iowa State before being back in double figures in the Orange's last three games. When you talk about consistency, this is it. You mentioned it. Last year, we're talking about DeAsia Fair all the time, pretty much every single game. Yep. And there's something to be said for that. But now it seems like there are more weapons surrounding her. Georgia Woolley was here last year. She's doing better this year. You have two freshmen who are doing great. And honestly, Felicia Leggett-Jack is someone who sort of reminds me of like a Fran Brown as far as like retention is concerned and recruiting. I really feel like every girl on that team believes in her and the mission and her culture 100%. Felicia Leggett-Jack is the kind of coach that you want to play for. Absolutely. I agree with that 100% knowing Felicia personally, knowing how fiery she is. And like you guys were talking earlier about her not the, the team not being in the top 20 after right. playing their games, she's using that as motivation. Trust me. <laughs> she's talking a lot of trash. The voters <laughs> don't to, think you're to, you to her deserve players. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. She's using that. Yeah. I like that. We've yeah. seen the word fiery come up from Moten now when he's talking about red and FLJ. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested, Poetry, in who you think uh, would win in, in a fight. If these two people are so fiery, and you you think like you're using the same Felicia, <laughs> really? Felicia will win in a fight, in a talking match, whatever. She's a, she's a very energetic lady. You know, she was a great player, and you know, I just go back to times when I was playing, and she was assistant coach with Mariana Freeman, and uh, I used to go in her, her 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 office, and we just used to chop it up and just talk basketball, talk life, and. You know, yeah, she's a she's a feisty and fiery one who you would love to play for. You will run through a brick wall for um, because she's truly genuine about uh, wanting to bring out the best in you. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning, and she wants to do that very much so. And you would not want to get in her way. No, <laughs> no way, no way. And, and before we get into the trivia. There's another coach that's coming in that I feel like fits this mold Mm -hmm. that you've described with these other two coaches, and that's Fran Brown being named the football head coach. What's been your immediate thoughts and reaction to this hire poetry? I'm very happy for this hire. You know, it was long overdue. Bavers, I have nothing against you, but eight years is long enough. 41 and 45 was not good. And, uh, I'm just excited, you know. It's always when it's fresh, it's 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 good because it's it's exciting, and he's coming from a strong program. That's another thing that we need to understand. So, like I was telling you earlier, Tommy, you know, um, those three or four star players who weren't playing at Georgia, come on upstate, mm-hmm. come on upstate and start <laughs> here. So I think he's doing a great job. Uh, with the recruiting and getting the guys that are coming with him on the coaching staff from what I see. Uh, it's going to be a bright future for sure. No He's doubt. a grinder. Sam's not sure if he sleeps. I don't know if this guy sleeps. I, yeah. I'm, I'm like, when does he have the time? I and, don't know if he does. To your point, Poetry, this is something we'll talk about in an episode we're filming later this week. But I thought about that just this morning, mm-hmm. that if you are recruiting these guys, outside of the fact that Fran Brown is just Fran Brown and a lot of people want to play for them, what a unique situation to be in to be able to look at a kid who is a four-star or a five-star even and say, you have the opportunity to start here and be a part of something special from the ground up. That's a unique pitch, yes, and not is. everybody is able to say that. Yes, it is. I'm sure that's what he's saying. Come, coming from a championship caliber right. university in right. Georgia. So it's almost like a no-brainer. It does. And we'll see, again, 
there's a lot going on with NIL right now and mm-hmm. and um and, and working with transparency on it mm-hmm. and and the players sharing with the NCAA about it. And selfishly I I would love for there to be a transparent window website just to see the numbers from different schools mm-hmm. and just to see where SU matches up. Right. How close are they to mm-hmm. being one of the higher-paying ACC schools in terms of opportunities? And and I don't know. Yeah. Or how far I, away? I know they're not the highest. Yeah. I know they're not Georgia. No. But how far away? Where can that? Where can they make up ground and start checking off those boxes that these guys are getting offered at the bigger schools? Well, as far as that transparency website, you just keep on dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe everything one day. has to do with location, guys. That Remember it does. that also location and. You know, John Wildhack talks about uh, building a village. They're doing a lot of construction on Manly Field House, mm-hmm. Carmelo Center. So that's the village that he's trying to build. And um, we have some good leaders right now um, building this village. And, and the new head coach of the football team and Adrian coming in is fresh. And Felicia, so, you know, so I think we're going to be fine. It's an exciting time. Brendan Hodges. Trivia time. Trivia time. Let's get it, villain. It's a busy weekend coming up, guys. Obviously, Saturday, SU plays Oregon in Sioux Falls. It's to answer that question, I think the, the sports group that is hosting that Sanford. Is, is based in Sioux Falls. So. I think it's the Sanford Pentagon. I think it's Sanford Sports. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it's odd. It's interesting. Obviously, uh, next week on Monday, it's SU Cornell again on the women's side this time. That'll mm-hmm. be exciting. And then Friday... Everyone's favorite game. Everyone will be watching the Stag Bowl down in Virginia. Salem, Virginia, SUNY Cortland going to take on North Central. And speaking of Division Three schools, oh boy, don't tell me, don't tell <laughs> no, me. No, we're not doing that today. Oh, thank we're God. not doing that today. <laughs> Though we had a nice discussion about the uh, Gallardi Trophy before the episode this Tuesday. That was fun. We did the D three Heisman. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I got curious over the weekend and went down a rabbit hole. Uh, because back page guys if, if you're talking trivia right now yes uh, outside of the ACC outside of the ACC Syracuse men's and women's basketball ha- have played a lot of power conference basketball and we all know that because you have like the conference to conference challenges and the NCAA tournaments and all that good stuff however in their program's history they have only played one other conference's current and complete field of teams Name which conference that is for both programs. So we're talking the SU women and SU men? Yes. And they've played, and this is ever? Ever. And they've played every team in this other conference? They've, yes. I mean, Whether it's the same conference or not, that's up for you to interpret based upon the question. So it's like, so, okay. Uh, I mean, is it, just, is it just the Big East? Yeah. Like, both teams? Is that what you want to go with? You want to go that quick, Tommy? Well... I guess not. Is he I trying mean, to sketch you out, or are you just right? <sighs> I, I mean, right. here's the one team that I'm curious about. I will about. read the it's, question again for you. Okay. Outside of the ACC, Syracuse men's and women's basketball have played their fair share of power conference basketball. However, they've only played one other conference's current and complete field of teams. Name which conference for both programs. One okay. other conference's current and complete field of teams current and complete field here's the one thing about the big east that has me a little bit questionable on it have they ever played creighton because i know creighton's in the big east now 
No, I don't recall them playing Creighton. I don't think so either. So I think that was. I don't recall them playing Creighton. Creighton's in the Big East, right, Brendan? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't I, recall them playing Creighton. I'm like trying to tap in right now. What about like the Big, Big Ten? Ten? Big Ten. I mean, there was the Big Ten ACC challenge for a while there until I will, they switched I will to say SEC. this again. You have choices here. Power conferences are different in basketball than they are in, say, football. Okay, what, what are they then? I consider this, the Power Five in football and the Big East as the power conferences, and I think that's widely considered the power conferences in collegiate basketball. We can agree on that. Okay. Keep in mind, this question is written in a way where it could be the same one, could be different conferences for both programs. That's what makes me the trivia villain. I'm going Big East SEC. For which teams? Oklahoma State. No, I mean like which the men's team versus the women's team. Because uh, what, what do you mean? So like the the question is the conference that the men's team has played every team from, the conference that the women's team has played every team from. Oh. I'm gonna stay in the Big East, man. I like Tommy. I like what Tommy said. I'm going Big East for both teams. Yep, for both teams because we played UConn. And UConn was a power. I'm just going with it. Ride or die. Tommy Sladek? I'm going to go. Mm. I'm going to go. Ah. I'm going to go Big Ten for the men. And Big East for the women. That sounds good. That sounds very good. I think I'm going to go with that as well. The women have indeed played every team in the ACC and the Big East, and that is it. There we go. So there everyone go. has one okay, part, Everyone right. got one. Everyone got one. Now to the men. They have not played every team in the Big Ten. <sighs> they have not played Nebraska. They have not played every team in the Big 12. UCF is in there. Thank you, college realignment. They have not played two teams in the Pac-12 who will soon not be in – well, one that won't be in the Pac-12 soon, Colorado, and one that will be in the Pac-12 plus the Mountain West, which is Oregon State. Mm. They right. have not played Xavier, who is currently in the Big East. Mm. Which means they have played every team in SEC? the ACC and the SEC. I thought about it oh, for a second. you even said that SEC earlier. Yeah, you said Big East SEC. SEC. <laughs> Because he was so close, Lawrence Moten, go pick up one of those crowns that are sitting off to the side. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. The, oh, these, yeah, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> these crowns, one of these will be uh, – this is my one of my gifts to you guys. Uh, the, the, the other one's coming later. One of these crowns is the trivia king of the day crown. Love that. I love it. And then one of these crowns – is going to be uh, close up on Moten. most likely Samantha Crosstons when she wins King the football picks competition after bowl season. So <laughs> let's just uh, let's just be and real about King that. James. King poetry. King poetry. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Thank How's the throne feel? It feels good sitting on top of the throne. I want to thank everybody for giving me this award. <laughs> and uh, God bless you. <laughs> Unless I'm missing anything, that's our show. That's it, folks. That's it. We hit trivia. We hit hoops. We'll be getting a little bit back into some football bull talk, hopefully some more recruiting news end of the week. And, and obviously, uh, you know, poetry's 
Poetry's here to stay. He'll be on pretty darn regularly moving forward here as we get through this season. So, Lawrence Moten, Samantha Crossan, Brendan Hodges, Tommy Sladak, Billy Whitaker, Cars and Trucks. Thank you. Peace. We're See out. Ya. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. All right.